Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer as Folk. We are at episode 216 and things are uh, getting interesting <laughs> in this episode. To say the least. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Things are getting very interesting now. And so there are a million things that I would need to say about this episode. I do want to remind everybody, we are commenting on the episodes in chronological order. So we can only comment on what we've seen at this point. So that's going to mean something to some of y'all. Ken, just ignore that. But, All right. <laughs> but we can only provide commentary on what we have seen so far. And so far, we are only at 216. And so that means our opinions are based only on what we've seen up to this point so with all of that uh stuff there (laughs) let me let's get started so we start out this episode and michael and justin are going over things for the first issue of of rage and um so we're seeing a little bit of the artwork and they're kind of talking through the story and they get to the point where rage discovers jt rage and zephyr come on the scene and they discover jt being being bashed and Michael comments that it's kind of gory, and Justin says it's supposed to be. You know, mm-hmm. Justin wants he's like, if we're gonna do this comic and we're gonna tell this specific story, we're gonna tell it the right way. Right, we're gonna mm-hmm. tell the truth, yeah, and we're gonna show it exactly. We're gonna make it as ugly as it is, as, as ugly as hatred is. Uh, so when Rage gets there, he zaps the attackers with a mind distorter that makes them think that they're all gay. And so they beat each other to death. And that's a very interesting choice to have them use their hatred on each other. And like, so it's like the fact that they're gay is what results in them being killed. It's a very interesting choice. Right. Well, since they're already hating because, you know, of the gay characters, it's only right for them to have it reverse onto them, you know? But there's a whole lot to pack in the, to unpack in the uh, psychology of that whole choice. <laughs> but we'll have to do that very unnecessary think piece at a later date. I'm so. here for it. <laughs> uh, Ben has, this whole time, has been listening with, like, half an ear to what they're saying because he's looking for something. But as he's listening, the story is getting more and more intense, and he's tuning in, you know. And by the end of it, he's kind of fully, he's sitting beside them at the table because Ben has maybe heard this story, but he didn't live through this journey with them. So it's still kind of new to him. Right. And the fact that they're playing it out on a comic, so, I mean, it's interesting to him but he also sees that his man and Justin are brave enough to actually tell this story and doing something from their heart. Yeah. And I mean, it's the way the way that they're portraying these characters because the artwork that Justin is putting together with this <laughs> is phenomenal. So like, let's uh, let's let's talk about the artwork a little bit. So after Rage rescues JT, uh, he takes him to his lair and he <laughs> heals him with lots of heavy kissing and deep anal penetration. Ooh wee. <laughs> Mm. And that is in Justin's drawing. Yeah, I mean, it's... In great detail. Great detail. <laughs> I mean, right down to every ab. I, <laughs> I want to be in the comic, okay? <laughs> Write me in as a character, okay? Yeah. I want to be little boy wonder. Yeah, so Rage is out here protecting Gayopolis. <laughs> I love it. I love that. Uh, so, um, like we said, Ben has been looking for something this whole time, and it's his Palm Pilot, which... That's early 2004, uh, you know, early 2000 version of a smartphone. And Michael intentionally hid it because he's trying to get to his contact list so he can plan a surprise party for him. I thought that was so sweet. I mean, 
No one's planning me no party. My birthday's on Thursday, okay? Like, I want a surprise Excuse party. Excuse you. I treated you to a very nice well, dinner you today sure from did. McDonald's. Uh-huh. And I enjoyed every single one of those nuggets, okay? But still, Michael has taken this man's phone and um, is literally going to go through each and every one of these contacts and going to set up a surprise party. That's so sweet. I love to see Michael in love like this. So we've also found out that Justin and Ben have the same birthday. How clever. And Justin says it's an amazing coincidence that both Michael and Brian are in love with men who share a birthday. Mm-hmm. Now, I spy a comparison game. I, exactly. <laughs> exactly. There are no winners when you play the comparison game, by no. the way. Anyway, because this whole time, uh, Justin is observing how they are moving around each other, like little jokes and light kisses. And they're going to share a homemade pet tie, and then they're going to watch a movie and... Justin's like, well, no, I can't stay. Brian and I are going to go to Babylon. Babylon, the yeah, usual. Yeah, because they, they all know it, yeah. Over at Babylon, Ted, Brian, and Justin are taking shots. And I think Justin's brought up the issue that him and Ben share a birthday. And, and Brian being like, Brian. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you two and a million other people. Uh, Ted asks Brian how he plans to celebrate Justin's 19th birthday. And he says he's not, which is kind of funny because remember when Justin turned 18 and it was that, that episode with Kip Thomas? And Brian's like, oh, well, how do you want to celebrate it? What do you want for your birthday? Right. (laughs) But I think things were different then, you know. Uh, But anyway, Brian says he's not going to celebrate it. And he says he doesn't see the point in making a big deal about birthdays. The only thing worth celebrating is achievement. That's so whack. And let's go back to last year. Yes, Brian wanted to celebrate because it wasn't so real to him. He was curving Justin. It was a play thing. It was a toy. It was fun and new. Now, Justin's not going anywhere. Justin's here to stay. And I think it scares Brian. Although they haven't put any labels on anything, if he celebrates or does something romantic for Justin, it puts him in the boyfriend realm. The boyfriend realm, and I think that terrifies him. You know, yeah. it makes him feel like he's he's losing his touch. He's not going to be the Brian Kenny that everybody wants him to be. Uh, and I think this kind of gets revealed more as the, the episode goes on. But I think as soon as a relationship starts getting like more and more real and more and more intense and more mm-hmm. and more intimate, that's when for some people, I know I'm definitely one of these people. Like yeah, I am horrible back. at relationships because I will. I've been ghosting people since before that was even a term. Oh lord! <laughs> but anyway, I apologize. But that's just yeah. <laughs> anyway, but I think yeah. For some people, once it starts getting more real like that, that's when you people kind of quit getting moving toward it. You know, quit trying, quit investing in it. Right. And we'll even go so far as to create drama and create issues and problems. Yeah. As a defense mechanism, so that you never really have to. Fully give yourself to it. Exactly. Because, and usually it is out of out of fear. But Ted brings up the fact that he threw a surprise party for Michael last year. Yep. And that puts thing, Justin in an awkward spot, you know? But he doesn't want to be embarrassed in front of Ted. He doesn't want to be shamed by Brian. So he just agrees with what Brian says. Like, oh, you know, I agree with what Brian said. It's silly and sentimental. and But it's clear that he doesn't mean it. It's written all over his face. Exactly. And I feel like he shouldn't have to censor himself. For Brian, Mm -hmm. you know, like you are too young and you got too much to offer for you to be censoring yourself on your birthday because your boyfriend feels a certain type of way. Yeah. And he's been doing that more often. And now I want to make it clear, Brian's not telling him to do that. No, he's not. Brian's not expecting him to do that. But Justin has been doing that more lately. Justin feels he has to, Mm -hmm. you know? I feel like he went through a phase where he wasn't. In early season one, he was kind of our wide-eyed Justin, but then he kind of started to morph into Brian. But then he he didn't always 
just roll over so easily like this. Right. Well, this whole season, we've seen Justin trying to push Brian into putting, I'm not going to say put a title on it, but hey, we, we're here. Something you know, more something solid more, or some, something more with better boundaries. Exactly. And that's what, you know, their rules helped establish that. And that's something that they both agreed to. But Justin's just at a very weird spot this season. Right. He know? is. I mean, well, he's been through a lot. Yeah. And he doesn't want to lose him. And I bet I bet yeah. he feels if he goes against it or pushes too much against the grain, Brian can easily just, you know, Brian has that, oh, it's a 20, it's a million of you out there. You know, right. I'll just get another one. Although he doesn't even know. Trust me, Brian is feeling you, Justin. He yeah. is feeling you. Yes, he would say he could get a million of you. But, baby, you're irreplaceable. Yeah, he okay? didn't want another you. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, anyway, it's just things are interesting. And about the birthday thing. I know some people are like that with birthdays. And I get that for you yourself. But uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute. <laughs> okay. Yeah, again, Justin doesn't want to be embarrassed by this. So, brushes it off. But Emmett comes and joins him at the bar. He is back at Babylon. But he's still in the Valley of the Dolls, he says. And Ted suggests that, you know, he needs some healing. Maybe he should come to church with him. So they go to Ted's church, Celebration Church, and Reverend Brad is uh, really doing something. Girl, why <laughs> Reverend Brad is, why did he remind me of my Brad? <laughs> Looking like Liberace up there. Yeah, he's very extra. <laughs> extra. That glistening all over the place. At first, when when Ted offered him to come to church, I was like, "No, we don't want Emmett going to right, no churches." Right, because the church experiences yeah. that we've had on the show are not good. I was like, "Hell no, nah. I don't want any of y'all going to church." Brian better not show back up at church. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Emmett better not go back to church. I don't want to see nobody in the church at all. But it turned out to be a great experience. Yeah, because this was something different, and it's something that was very welcoming for them. And Emmett's very skeptical, very hesitant. But and, but for Ted, he loves this place, and he's getting his little soul fed there with these uh, show tune hymns. And so he's hoping that it can have the same effect or a similar effect on on Emmett. But uh, Ted gets a little something out of this uh, service also. He meets a little something cute. <laughs> uh, Ted, Ted was in his element, okay? He was feeling every song. He was looking cute. Yeah. And he didn't have to approach the dude. The dude just shared his book with him. Mm -hmm. And not only did he help Emmett, because by the end of that, Emmett was smiling, happy, singing. He you was, know, Kind yeah. of getting back to himself. Mm -hmm. And not only that, I mean, Ted has somebody very nice on his arm, you know? So I was like, okay. Come on through, Ted. I'm proud of you. Yeah. So after the service, Ted and this guy, who his name is Luke, they are cleaning up and doing a little get-to-know-you session. And Luke teaches kids. He volunteers for the gay youth support line. He trains for the AIDS run. He's like Mother Teresa. And, Seriously? Uh, yeah. And he does all this charity work. And so he asks Ted, well, okay, what do you do? And Ted's like, well, you know, I mean, I work in computers. I he does. My, I run my own dot-com company. He does. He says he deals with people's needs. He provides uh, relief work. <laughs> <laughs> and so, technically, no lies were told. None. Okay. None. I just felt like, although I was happy for Ted to have somebody, but if you feel like you can't tell them right. what you do... And that's your baby. I mean, that mm -hmm. job makes Ted happy. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen Ted this that's happy. That's not something he does for an employer. Right. Like, you know? He is the owner. He, yeah. He's the owner. You know, like, that's that's not the right person. You know, you shouldn't have to feel shitty about what you do with your own company. You mm -hmm. know? Like, I mean, I know he was embarrassed. The guy didn't make him feel that way because he didn't even know. But I just felt bad for Ted that he felt that he had to lie. And not only did he lie, you lied 
in the house of the Lord. (laughs) And Luke Dell said, I knew you'd do something that involved helping others. And he does. I mean, this helped George. You know, we talked about that last episode. That part. And it also helped Emmett, too, because, you know, Emmett was out there doing all type of naked maids and all this and that. Yeah. I mean, now he became... Doing all this stuff to, you know, scrape his coin together. (laughs) He was getting it from one one spot. That part, okay. He only had one um, W2. Just one, because that man had a million. He was over there making it by any means necessary, okay? So then at the diner, Michael is telling Brian and Emmett about the surprise party he's planning for Ben. Emmett is trying to help him create a plan for the party, because Michael's like, yeah, I'll just, I'm going to invite people over. We'll say surprise. We'll sing happy birthday. And like, that's it. And Emmett's like, no, 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 honey. <laughs> we need a full theme. He comes up with this, like, geisha, sushi, something theme. Um, but this is good. It's giving Emmett purpose. And he's slowly starting to get his feet under him. And he said earlier in the scene at Babylon that he's tried boys and booze and pills and all this stuff to try to pull himself up, you know, p- pick up his spirits. And none of that was working. But it looks like what is working for him is getting back to the things that make him Emmett. You know, like he was excited about the show tunes. Yeah. He was excited <laughs> about planning a party. Like, those things are very imminent, and Those that's are. what's bringing him back. Mm-hmm. And he's just getting back into his regular routine, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, yes, he's sad. I mean, he really did care for George, you know? Mm-hmm. It, he was always looking for someone to love. He was looking for someone who loved him unconditionally. And now that he was gone, he felt lost. But now that he's finding his footing back, like you said, planning the parties, you know, the show tunes, it's bringing him back to who he is and who we love. I hate seeing him down and out. I love watching his spirit. He's the one who keeps, I mean, no matter what's going on, he keeps the spirits and the morale high. And that's why I love Emmett. Yeah. Emmett is putting together this whole um, theme party. (laughs) This is going to be the best party of Ben's life that Emmett is putting together. Uh, So Debbie overhears him talking. Of course she does. And she comes over to get the details about this party. And Michael initially isn't very forthcoming with the details, but Brian fills in what she, well, what Michael would not provide and says it's a party for Ben. And um, even though Debbie's like no longer actively shooting laser beams with her fingernails at Ben, she still isn't what you would call like warm and welcoming. No, and I'm actually tired of it, girl. Let him be. Michael is a grown man. He can be with whoever he wants to be with. It's been a while now. Yeah. Let it go. We do see some improvement on her part. Like she said, Barely. she just says, that's nice. Now, we know that that's not a genuine welcome by Debbie, but that's not her going off again. Yeah, no, because <laughs> so, I'm reading straight subtext and yeah. tone. Okay, that's nice. What she really wanted to say was, mm, really? Yeah. Okay. Are you still doing that? Yeah, yeah. really? You still doing that? Yeah. Mm. But um, Michael was trying to keep it a secret because he didn't want her harping about Ben again. And Emmett says, well, maybe you should invite her. And I get what he's saying because it's kind of like the thing with, with when Lindsay went to, uh, I'm sorry, when Melanie went to Lindsay's parents and said, hey, well, if you don't offer to include them, then at some point, you know, it's kind of on you. So I get what he's saying. But at the same time, we know Debbie. If she wanted to be there, she would have invited herself. Absolutely. And also, she had ample time to get to know Ben. You know, mm-hmm. she's been around him several times. It's a difference between um, Lindsay's parents and 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 Debbie, you know, Lindsay's parents are, are not around for anything. Debbie is always around for everything. She's intentionally removed herself. That's true. She did, you know. So, and I wouldn't want to invite anybody into someone's home on their birthday for them to be mistreated, you yeah. know. So I see where he's coming from. Like mm-hmm. he knows his mom's that his mom they had a couple bouts already. 
he's not trying to go through all that again. Yeah, I feel like, like come on, Debbie. <laughs> Even if you don't do it for Ben, like you could do this for for Michael because for yeah, do it for Michael because you know how much he loves this man, and you know that how special this is for him. He's going he's going all out of his way. He has stole stolen this man's whole phone. He's really doing it. So come on, Debbie, get with the program, girl. Get with it. Yeah. Something rude, but she still kind of doesn't want Mm-mm. any part of this. Uh, then we see Justin. He's eating pasta at the girl's house. This is probably a semi-regular occurrence, but it's also probably something that they're doing for his for him for his birthday. Uh, but And they cannot believe that Brian isn't celebrating his birthday. Lindsay does point out that Brian almost killed himself when he turned 30. And so it's kind of interesting that that story of him doing the auto yeah. serial, that it's kind of interesting that that story has made it to the friend group. Do you think Michael or Brian told that? Brian told that. Michael Really? See, I feel like Michael yeah. told it. No, Michael wouldn't tell that because he knew how, you know, Brian would have cut him off or would have, you know. You know mm-hmm. But Michael's all about the hysterics, you know. <laughs> and so I can see him being like, Brian, last time you did that, you almost killed yourself. Or well, something. you know what? You're sure right. You know, I can, doing it like that, imitating my boy like that. <laughs> I definitely can see that, you know, now that you say it like that. But don't, not so much on Michael, okay? <laughs> not so much. But, yeah. Okay, you know, Michael probably did tell him. He yeah. did. Yeah, well, because Brian is usually more private about his weaknesses. So, I mean, it is Lindsay saying it, but I feel like Lindsay would have maybe, maybe would have held that a little tighter. If well, Brian I mean, she's her. talking to Justin. That's, that's her. So that's his man. You know, yeah, so. I don't know. But interesting to think about how, how that story got spread around. Uh, so Justin tells them Brian only believes in celebrating accomplishments and not sentimental rituals. Uh, and Lindsay has known Brian for years, so maybe this shouldn't be news to her. But in all those years, Brian was never involved with someone. So she's she's probably thinking, okay, but that should change. Things. Right. I mean, yeah, like you said, he has never been involved with anyone um, until recently. So, yeah, you would think that. I mean, yes, that's what he did in the past. But also now you grow up yeah. and you change. Especially when you have someone. Mm-hmm. And he has someone great. And Justin doesn't ask for much. I mean, No, relatively speaking, no, he really doesn't. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He's <laughs> yeah. simple. He's easy. He just wants to be around you. He wants to know that you want him. And he just wants to be young and live his life. You know, mm-hmm. he, de- he even tries to pay for his own school. I mean, he did right. everything that he needed to do for himself, trying to make himself independent. All he wants is some type of celebration mm-hmm. for his 19th birthday. Yeah. Well, Mel says everybody deserves a little attention on their birthday. And I would say everyone deserves to spend their birthday how they want to spend it, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. But right. I think that's kind of what Mel was getting at. But anyway, at this dinner, while he's talking about his, his birthday, he's also seeing Melanie and Lindsay and how they interact with each other. And they are flirty and lovey-dovey and they Just giggle the and they dote on each mm-hmm. other. And so it's kind of like what he saw over there with... Michael. Ben and, ben and Michael, mm-hmm. yeah. And so he's getting to see these couples who are very settled in this domestic bliss together. And so I think that might be doing something to him too. It, it definitely is. I mean, with him being young, you know, he he wants that fairy tale. That they're giving they're they're living the real life, the real relationship. Or what what he thinks in his mind a real relationship like, mm-hmm. should look like, yeah. And you know, he and Brian, I mean, they don't have that traditional style relationship. And I think it's making him question himself like, you know, what do I really want? Is this something that I right. want? Is this a type of relationship? Because we saw a few episodes back in the Jeep um, when he was being cute and telling Brian. What was he asking Brian in the Jeep? 
um, before he leaned over and um, gave oh, him, when he was saying thank you for wanting to take care of me, yeah, yeah, and all that, whatever the case. And I know you love me. I know you care about me. All this and that. You can see, like, he just wants Brian to say, "I love you." And then when there a couple episodes back too, as well, when he was like, "Let's just go home. Let's just go home. Just you and I. We don't need anybody. Let's let's go home." Mm-hmm. He wants that traditional re- relationship. Yeah, and I don't think he needs it every day, but I think that yeah. But he is also go- he's always going to. Well, I say always. I don't know. But right now, it makes sense that there's something in him that still longs for that traditional-looking relationship because that's what he would have grown up. Mm -hmm. Even though we know things weren't perfect in the Taylor home, well, in the Wasp world, you try to project (laughs) perfection. And so he's used to seeing, even if not his own parents, then the friends of his parents project that. And he had some very romanticized ideas about relationships. And so I think he's he's going to... It makes sense for him to be a little bit more slanted that right. way. Absolutely. I agree. Mm-hmm. So Melanie and Lindsay will refuse to let his birthday go uncelebrated, and they offer to celebrate it with him. Well, Justin hates parties, and that's probably because he's used to boring, pretentious country club affairs, and he never really had a whole gang of friends his age anyway. So that makes sense that he hates parties. Uh, Lindsay suggests that they go to a violin recital. Now, Justin is not into classical music, <laughs> but Melanie says... He needs to expose himself to something other than the thumpa-thumpa at Babylon. Um, True. And supposedly this genius violin player is supposed to be really cute. So, oh, But that lights just <laughs> yeah. that lights his eyes up when he's he hears like, that. well, now maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, know a little, I know a little Beethoven. You know, I, I think I do. I, I, I know a little something. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael and Ben are out walking to their respective destinations, but they're walking together. And they're going through the plans for celebrating Ben's birthday. Ben wants something very low-key, you know, just the two of them. And Michael pretends to be going along with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm still happy for Michael. You know, like, I am. I'm very happy for Michael. He, Because I ain't no way I could have kept that secret. I'm not good at keeping secrets. I'm not good at planning surprise parties because I just want to make sure everything's right. What do you like? What do you want? Who do you want to be? <laughs> I just couldn't do it. But the Michael's going along with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I love it. Yeah. Now, Michael has some flowers that... In his hand here that he bought from a street vendor. We're just going to like put a pin in that for right now. Um, I don't know what he's doing with those flowers. because I don't know who's giving them to. But anyway, we're putting a pin in that for right now. <laughs> uh, they run into one of Ben's friends named Paul. And Paul says, oh, I, you know, I, heard that you, I heard that you were seeing someone. And we find out that Paul and Ben were together about five years ago. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who infected Ben. And Michael is very shocked by this that he could even, you know, hug him on the street because they gave each other a very warm and friendly greeting. You know, he called him Babe, I think, or Baby, the guy Paul called Ben. Yeah, and the way he was just looking in his eyes, like still starry eyes, still in love. Well, because even when they walked off, like you saw, he did a look back. Yeah, he did a look. I was like, uh uh, okay, he wants your man, Michael. Yeah, okay, he's like. Oh, I, I heard you with someone. Who's telling you I was with somebody, okay? Yeah. We ain't been together in five years. Boy, bag, bag, give me 50 feet. So anyway, Michael is taken aback by it. And Ben tells Michael that he's already forgiven him. He's like, hey, it's, you know, I've moved past it. I, I've forgiven him. Now, side note here. So B- that means Ben would have been positive when he and Brian hooked up Ooh. at the white party. Yeah. But knowing Brian, he he's pro- always safe. Yeah, he's always safe because Brian knows that there's a risk with everybody. Right. You know, because 
even Ben says, well, hey, Paul didn't know at mm-hmm. the time. And he said, and I, I should have been safer. Yeah, and I should have been more safe. Yeah. And I love that that he took accountability for mm-hmm. that. So, it I probably mean, took a while for him to get to that point where he took that accountability. Right. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But he did, though. So, I mean, big ups to him because he still could be in that blame game. I mean, mm-hmm. I just did it right now. You yeah. Know, so. He still could be in that blame game, but it takes two to tango. And like you said, yeah. he could have been safer. So Yeah, but that says, you know, I guess it says something for Brian. Like, because not only did he initially not disclose, which we didn't necessarily agree with, <laughs> but uh, he didn't disclose that he and Ben had hooked up. But he also didn't disclose that. Because Ben probably disclosed, disclosed it to him. the status, mm-hmm. yeah, to him. I would think that Ben has started doing that right. by that point. I mean, Ben is a stand-up guy, so I mm-hmm. believe he definitely would have, um, you know, told his his partners, hey, this is my status, you know, you can either take it or leave it, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So over at the gym, Michael is telling Ted and Emmett about this, telling them about how they ran into Paul, and he says, oh, he must be perfect because how else could Ben forgive him? And... Then Michael says, well, Ben has freed himself from the emotional baggage the rest of us carry around. I still got mine, but my bags are designer. (laughs) For real, girl. I get mine, too, and stuffed, okay? Yeah. Uh, Emmett suggests that maybe maybe it's the power of show tunes. Maybe that's what's worked for Ben. (laughs) And, of course, this turns the conversation to to Ted's church and to Ted and Luke. Mm -hmm. And Ted is already sold on him, which no surprise is Ted. I mean, he runs Ted first. First himself. (laughs) He don't get any play. Yes, anybody that shows him some attention, he is going to be the first thing on it. I know, yeah. Bless him. He tells them how great Luke is and he's this amazing guy and he's so charitable and he does all this great stuff. And then they say, well, what does he think of you? And Ted says, well, he thinks I run a relief organization. Well, I mean, like we said before, he does, <laughs> but I'm right there with the friends. Like, why would you tell him? Why would you just be truthful and tell him who you are? You know, yeah. the porn industry, that's, I mean, that could be a major red flag for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. so you need to be upfront when yeah. you tell people. If I told Brad that's what I did, you know, I guarantee you he and I would not have been together. Not that he's approved, but he just, he's not. For some in, people, it just doesn't work for yeah, them. Yeah, it does not work. You know, that's a hard industry anyway. And you have to be very secure in yourself. Um, to even date someone, it's long hours. You're around people that could tempt you. You know, you're mm-hmm. constantly around sex. The whole porn industry—that's that's a little that's a little deep. Yeah, you know? it's a it's a big ask for some people. Yes, yeah. uh, not for everybody, but for some people. Uh, but can we talk about Emmett's workout moves? Girl, and how questionable. <laughs> I was. I question their effectiveness. Uh, he was working his obliques. I mean, for cardio, but he was getting it. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see he was back, but. Emmett, that's why I love you, okay? Because that's how I'll be working out. Come train me, okay? He was doing jazz hands, ab workouts. I mean, he was, he was uh, what's it called? J-set. And he was a J-set a little. <laughs> I don't know what, what he was doing, but I loved all, every bit of it. We had our old Emmett back. The way he had the hands going up and then so dainty down. Dainty yeah. down. Working his obliques. I was like, okay, baby, come through. The high knees. The high knees. Uh, so... Michael and Emmett are listening to Ted try to justify his deception, kind of, or omission with uh, with Luke. And at the end of it, Emmett's just like, okay, well, you date your saints. I'll stick to the sinners. That and I think part. it's basically like, I'd rather be around people that I can be my true self with. Yeah. Uh, so Melanie and Lindsay are at the loft to collect Justin, and they are harassing Brian for not celebrating Justin's birthday. Like, can't you at least get him a cake? And then... Brian's just, like, not trying to hear any of it. Uh, Justin comes out in his new sport coat that his mom bought for him for his birthday. Good old Jennifer. 
And Brian says, he's, you know, trying to work his tie. And Brian says, didn't your dad ever teach you to tie a tie? And I love Justin's response. He says, no, he's too busy kicking me out. And then quite literally kicking, kicking your <laughs> ass. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so Justin went to private school and wore a uniform with a tie every day. So he probably knows how to tie It was a, a clip on. It could have been a clip on. It was a yeah. clip on. Uh, but even if it wasn't, maybe he just knew how to do a passable knot. And he know? wanted, or maybe he was acting like he didn't, so Brian can come give him some attention in front well, of his girls. I definitely feel like Brian used the insult as an opening to get his hands on Justin. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because he goes over to put on the tie. But he also says, when he's over there, he says, well, you know, my dad didn't teach me to tie one either. He was too busy regretting the day I was born. And I think there's a little bit more insight into why Brian feels the way he feels about birthdays. Right. You know, usually the excitement over them is drilled into you when you're a kid. And he didn't get that because his parents weren't happy about his actual birth. They so, let it be known that he right. wasn't supposed to be born. You and know? so why would they celebrate the anniversary of that? You know, they're not happy about that. Exactly. So I do think part of Brian's refusal to celebrate something that's not a, an accomplishment is just part of his creed and his motto and that thing. But it's also connected to... I think the stuff with his childhood. But the childhood is what makes Brian who he is. Yeah. So it's definitely connected. He felt like he never had anything. So anytime, he, his worth is through his accomplishments, you know? Right. That's so, the only thing that, yeah, that gives him value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yes, it's all triggered into one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he doesn't celebrate his birthday because of his upbringing and things like that. He only celebrates what you can actually physically see as an accomplishment um, because that's what makes him whole. That makes him feel complete that's and strong. That's something he can definitely point to. He can't mm-hmm. necessarily point to the fact that I am a human being and I am trying at life and say that makes him valuable. But he can point at, look at this award I won mm-hmm. or look at, you know, whatever, and then say, okay, that makes me valuable. So, yeah. And again, I, I've said this before, and people don't have to agree with this. That's totally fine. But I said sometimes some of the things that people celebrate are about Brian are not because oh, he's so awesome and so cool and this great enigma. He's so mysterious. It's because Brian's a very wounded person who's had to find ways to shield and cover his wounds. Right. And so that makes him tougher. And so, like, to just celebrate those parts of him, they're like, oh, that makes him so awesome and so cool without acknowledging the hurt underneath that, Mm -hmm. I feel like is to cheapen him. Well, true, but also, he doesn't let nobody really in on the hurt. That's true. You know, he masks it so well. Yeah. You know, and he comes off as this big Billy Badass cocky guy, you know, who's untouchable, who's great in everything. He never lets his guard down for anyone to want to be sympathetic to him. Yeah, but then it makes you wonder how many people have tried to get underneath that truly. True. Yeah. Now, of course, we have people doing that now, but it makes you wonder in his life up until this point, how many people have really tried to do that? I think people have always wanted Brian for his looks, Mm -hmm. you know, so he knew there was something that he had. And also, it probably hurts him knowing that people always just want to have sex with him, you know? Yeah. And, and just try to use well, him. So, you know? Yeah, so I think he just said, okay, if that's all I can offer, then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to own that in a different way. I'm going to mm-hmm. own my sexuality in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, sorry, I got all into something else. <laughs> <laughs> so, while Brian is tying Justin's tie, I think Justin is waiting for something. He's waiting for him to change his mind or for a happy birthday or maybe just... Maybe Brian had a surprise plan this whole time. I think he's just waiting and like because that okay, look in his eyes. Any minute now, any minute, yeah. Mm-hmm. But nope, nothing. <laughs> you know? I, I feel bad for Justin. 
I mean, not I mean, not gonna say like I was like, oh poor Justin. Yeah, no. I just wanted him to win. Like I was just like Justin, I was waiting, like, okay, Brian about to pull out a Rolex. He oh he about to pull out like you know. Brian's all about the grand gesture. Yeah. Oh, yeah we're waiting for I was that. like, he has something special, you know. Yeah, I was going to this, but now he's fixing to send y'all off. He may not be there, but he's gonna send y'all off somewhere nice and you know, something great. But mm And he was looking sexy too. So Brian was looking sexy just normal in a white t shirt. Mm-hmm. But Justin was dressed to the nines. He was snazzy. So I was like, okay, yeah, he about to do something. You tying this tie for this boy. Yo, look, you look at him deep in his eyes. He's looking at I you. I know, in front of the girls, he's like trying to find a way to not make it sexual, but to have some type of physical contact right. with him. And he's using the tie as the <laughs> as you know, the the excuse or whatever. Um he does comment that this isn't the birthday suit I'd like to see you in. <laughs> and, you know, part of that's just Brian being Brian. But I think he he wanted to, you know, have this moment in close proximity. And so this is him being able to kind of straddle that fence, which right. he does sometimes. Like, he's not going to go and do the sentimental thing that everybody's telling him he has to do. I do think that that's wrong. Like, you don't tell somebody what they have to do. No, <laughs> not know? at all. Uh, but, uh, so anyway, I think he's, like, straddling that line, being able to be close to him and, that sort of thing. But I think to Justin, that comment adds some insult to injury. Um, uh, I just want to touch. No one has told Brian what to do. They were just telling him that, hey, this is Justin's day and maybe you should try to make it because you do love this man. So you should try to make it for him because what you're doing is about what you do. Oh, I don't celebrate birthdays. Bro, it's not about you today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, this is a, a polarizing thing in the Queer's Folk fandom, <laughs> definitely with this episode and then, you know, kind of with Brian's character in general, because it is this weird thing of, I know that that's who you are. You say this is what you do, what you don't do, but it's like the when you're in a relationship with somebody. You compromise. You compromise, or you, you can choose to compromise or you can choose not to. Um, but there's always consequences when you. Exactly. When, when you choose you not d- to, mm-hmm. there are consequences with that. And as long as you're willing to accept those, then that's what it is. But we'll get into that some more in a minute. Um, so. This whole episode, like, so far in this episode, um, the comments and glances from their friends, like, from from Ted and from even from Michael and kind of from Ben, definitely from Lindsay and Melanie, it's kind of suggested that the routine that Brian and Justin are into is, like, y'all go to Babylon, they have sex, like, okay, what else is, right. is there to you their... You go back to Babylon. ...their relationship, and... I'm not saying that that's true, but that's what some of their friends are. They're leaving it open for a person to draw that conclusion. I think some of the issues, like, they don't see it. Like, there are other things that happen with them, but it's not necessarily done in public. So before they leave, Brian gives Justin a kiss on the forehead, and then he sends him off. So I think, like I said, I think he's trying to find a way to be included without having to be included. Right. You know? Uh, But Lindsay cannot let it go. So she tells... Melanie and Justin, oh, you guys go on ahead. I'll be right there. And she tells Brian, which I do agree with part of this, isn't it an accomplishment that he's alive and well? And I'm kind of giving her three snaps. Yeah, <laughs> like, for yes, real. honey, it is. Mm-hmm. Because when they were in that parking lot, there was no guarantee that Justin would see the next day, nope. let alone his birthday. Mm-hmm. And he has had a million setbacks since his last birthday. And I would think that all of those warrant a little celebration. Absolutely. So I, I definitely, you know, Lindsay and I, we got a we got a rocky relationship when it comes to <laughs> Lindsay and Brian. Yes. But same. um, she she was spot on with that. You know, at least if, if you're not gonna ever celebrate another one of his birthdays, celebrate this one. He yeah. had a terrible year. You do have something to celebrate that he actually made it. There and were he's back- like 
legitimate accomplishment. Yeah, he's back to normal. He got into school, you know. He was going to quit school because he couldn't even draw the same anymore, but he continued to go through. When he got almost dropped out, when he almost got kicked out of school for tuition, he picked up jobs to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, this boy has been out here grinding and trying. Yes, you do have things to celebrate. Yeah. Don't call. Don't say you're celebrating his birthday. Then just say you're celebrating his life. Yeah, mm-hmm. or just pick one of those things. Like, mm-hmm. well, we're going to celebrate the fact that y'all are doing this rage project or right. whatever. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, but so at the loft, Brian is blasting his music, and I think it's because he doesn't want to be questioned about this. I think he probably turned it up the minute Lindsay and Melanie walked in because he didn't want to be questioned about this. He said he didn't celebrate birthdays and he is sticking to his very Ayn Rand <laughs> assertion that the only accomplishment, but only accomplishment is worth being celebrated. And that is that I think he doesn't want to deal with his or anyone else's questions or comments on this issue. Um, you know, he's done, Brian has done a lot of shifting and adjusting lately, but I think he's going to dig in his heels here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also want to say that I totally get and agree that you shouldn't force or guilt Brian into doing anything he doesn't want to do or even telling him what something should look like, even if it's something that the rest of the gang thinks that Justin deserves, because you don't want to get into a habit of operating out of obligation based on someone else's projected expectations, you know? True. But we also know that in the past, you sometimes have to guide Brian down that road. Yeah. His Because, I mean, he's going to be stuck in his ways. But until someone steps up and says something, he doesn't do it. Debbie had to get him together once. Now, he's always going to do it the Brian Kenny way. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, sometimes you have to, like, kind of... Sometimes you do have to, like, give, encourage him to revisit you do. an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, they're a little pushy with their they revisit stuff. They are a little pushy, stuff. yeah. And also, stay in your own lane. It's not your business. This is my man. That's exactly... And we're going to talk about that. But, and the other thing is what you said... All, none of this stuff means that there isn't a cost associated to not accommodating someone's wants or or needs. Mm-hmm. But you are free to choose if you want to pay that cost or not. Right. When Lindsay leaves, Brian gets back to his work, but then we see him thinking about it. Because like we said, sometimes he has to be encouraged to revisit an issue. So we see him, he's thinking about it. Um, like, you know, maybe I should consider this one more time. <laughs> uh, so over at the vi- the violin recital... The guy performing, I think, is really good. I mean, I don't know the first thing about a violin, but I think he's killing it in a no, good way. No, he's killing it. I love the violin. That boy was amazing. And not only was he amazing playing the violin, he looked amazing doing it. They didn't lie. The boy is hot. <laughs> uh, Justin is very mesmerized by his talent, and he gets that look that artists get when they have to capture something and memorialize it, like, right in that moment. And so he's inspired by by him, and he wants to draw him, and... So he pulls out his program and he starts, you know, drawing him on it. Justin's a true artist. He walks around with a pencil in his brand new coat. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He 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 knew, okay, like there's going to be some inspiration today, okay? Yeah. Make sure I bring my pencil. It's sharpened perfectly the way I, I need it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was ready. Yeah. So it turns out that maybe this wasn't, you know, as lame and boring an event as he initially thought it was going to be. Well, you know, when you think about recitals, you think about it being boring and just long and... You know, no offense, but, you know, older people, this is a little 18, (laughs) 19-year-old guy, you know? So, I mean, you think about it being, you know, extremely older, and um, it can be, you know, a little snoozy, a little snooze fest. But this wasn't it. He was killing that violin. Like, I mean, you could just feel the passion in it. He was tearing those strings up. So, I mean, he he had the place a little lively. You know, it was lit. So, Justin was having a good old time. 
Uh, so then Uncle Vic has found his ensemble from the Winter Drag Ball in 89. <laughs> he is <coughs> going to loan it to Emmett for his hostess outfit. Uh, and so we find out Michael has invited Uncle Vic to the party, but he still hasn't invited Debbie. Um, she comes in as Vic and Michael are talking, and then she's like, what party are you talking about? What are you talking about? And Vic says, the party for, for Ben. And Michael invites her, but it's just kind of like, I mean, you can come if you want to. <laughs> I mean, that was perfect, though. It goes back to mm-hmm. he knows how his mom is. He's going to invite her, but he knows, like, you can come. Like, the door's open for you, but when you come, don't bring the shits, okay? Yeah. Like, this is not for you. It's his day. Very, yeah, very come correct or don't yeah, come at or all. Yeah, or don't come at all. Yeah. She pretends that she has movie plans with her friends Rosie, which is funny later. Uh, but Debbie ain't got no friends uh, other than Jennifer Taylor. Yep. Her whole life is the diner and her family and maybe her P-Flag group, but I don't think they hang out like that. No, just the boys. Uh, so Michael leaves after giving a kind of half-hearted invitation. And according to Vic, Debbie hasn't spoken to Rosie in 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Debbie, you are just a liar now. Mm-hmm. Okay, this whole season you've been lying. You lied about the boys' daddy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Both yeah. of them. Okay. You made um, Davina, um, Davina, Davina. You made her lie? Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, girl, now you over here lying about Rosie. The truth is not in Debbie this season. Not this season, girl. Uh, Yeah. Well, and she tells Vic, you know, I agree to tolerate it, not endorse it. And unfortunately, that's a lot of people's, that's their stance on things. And they think that that's sufficient. That's enough. Some people, that's all they can get to. But that's really not ideal yeah i mean well i guess we do have to respect it though you yeah, know no, no. because she said she's not gonna disrespect him anymore because she was rough she was really really rough i want i want her to love him because he really is a great guy but at the same time we can't it's almost like we told about brian we can't be forcing things onto her right. that she doesn't want to do she's a grown woman too and she's gonna love her son and she wants the best for him she just doesn't think that he's a good fit yeah well uh, Vic tells her, despite all of her fears and her predictions, they both seem to be doing fine. And so he's like, look, at the end of the day, just be a sport. Make your kid happy. Best words Vic could have ever said. Yeah, I think Vic knows Debbie. He knows if I redirect this and make it about Michael and not about Ben, mm-hmm. like, that's the way to appeal to her. Mm-hmm. She'll do anything for Michael. Mm-hmm. Back at the recital, Melanie and Lindsay are teeing up this violin player for Justin. Like, oh, he was so great and he is cute. <laughs> <laughs> And they're, as they're talking about him, Justin already has all the facts. He has memorized the whole program. Exactly. And they're, they're mesmerized, you know. But Justin got that look in his eye like when he has that, that I'm going to get you. I'm going to talk to you. <laughs> There's nothing you can stop. No one can stop me. He had that look in his eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he goes over to congratulate the guy. And the guy says, well, the way you were staring at me was very distracting, though not in a bad way. I think Justin is a little bit unsure how to take how to take him initially, uh, but then he picks up on the quick wit and, then, and the flirt. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and the little little hint of flirtiness, and so then he starts to enjoy their banter. Right, but also, I mean, I wonder if Justin picked up on like where clearly you was watching me too. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like you were watching me too. <laughs> oh, he definitely did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but they have this art connection. They both understand what it's like to be compelled and consumed by their craft. Uh, Ethan recognizes him from around the school. Of course he does. Who could forget that face? That Or that ass. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, he loves to see him coming in and going. Yep. Uh, but this isn't the first time, but this is the first time that they've officially met. 
Uh, Melanie and Lindsay are not subtle at all, lingering there in the background. Mm-mm. But Some good old aunties. Yeah. So Justin says, my friends brought me here for my birthday. And so Ethan gives him one of his CDs as a birthday gift. And here's a stranger giving him a gift for his birthday. Making and a your very man, nice gesture. And your man, my own man can't even do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, Ethan is called away, but it's clear they both enjoyed that chat. Yeah, they did. I mean, Justin left like, wow, the look, that lingered look. He almost did what um, what Paul did. The look back, the little walk slow. <laughs> Ted and Luke are engaging in a uh, mutual exchange of charitable services. That was a hot scene. <laughs> For one, it was like one of those Brian and Justin's. I just knew that was Brian in that bed. I'm like, okay, you can't get this boy a birthday party, but you laid up with some dude? <laughs> Like, I was ready. I to, did set you up when we were watching. You that. did. I was like, pause. Who do you think this is? <laughs> I was ready to jump through and snatch his ass. Okay, but when I realized it was Ted, I was so happy. Yeah. God, Ted, finally you got you a piece because I was ragging your ass a couple weeks ago. So I'm <laughs> glad you finally got you a little piece. Yeah. Um, and they're having a grand old time with one another. Um, uh, Luke says. You're so nice, so sincere, so honest, and you're someone I can trust. And Ted is like, mm, probably time to come clean. <laughs> well, I'm glad he did, though. I mean, he yeah. has a great conscience, and um, I'm glad he told him everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he tells them that he runs a porn site, and then Ted's already expecting to be let down. It kind of goes back to what Brian was saying before. Like, before you even go out there, you already expect to l- land on your face. Uh, because he's like, I guess we should get dressed now after he tells him. And the guy's like, no, wait, hold on. Mm. You know, it's okay. He says, you know, I've even been on a couple myself. And now he wasn't on the site as a, um, actor. Is that what you would call them? I mean, entertainer. Okay. He wasn't on the site as an entertainer, but he says like he's watched a few. Right, right, right. Uh, so yeah, he's telling him he's not bothered. Um, he's not bothered by this. So he's like, no, we're good. We can, we can continue on. And I was like, okay, Ted, now he's a keeper, okay? He teaches the kids. He goes to church. You know what I'm saying? Y'all have great sex. He looks good. Y'all make a great couple. And you're honest with him now? Keep him, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I like the way this episode is shot. So even in this scene, it's like very tight, close up on their faces, on their mouths. Which is their lips, yeah. That confession scene, yeah. So very focused on their their mouths there. But even the scene at the gym where it's kind of like going between each of them doing push-ups or whatever exercise. Uh, so it's like a lot of camera work going on, a lot of busyness with the cameras, but, but I liked it. I thought mm-hmm. it I thought it worked well. Um, so Justin is back at the loft and I like Handy Brian. He's in there assembling some bar stools. <laughs> <laughs> I like Handy Brian. But anyway, uh, so he's had a very productive day around the house. Um, but Justin is back, and he's playing the CD for Brian, and he's telling him how incredible the performer was and how he had a great experience, a great time. And he wants to talk about how he spent part of his birthday. You know, he wants to talk about it with Brian. And he tells Brian, it wouldn't hurt you to expose yourself to some culture. That's a near direct quote from Melanie. And I don't know if it's a good thing that he's starting to sound like their friends. <laughs> when talking to well, Brian. that's the wrong one, you know. <laughs> Don't bring that. Don't bring mail to Brian. We know how that will end. Yeah, not the best idea. But Brian does tell him that you know he met an oboe player at the Baths. I don't <laughs> think that qualifies. Well, he got some culture. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that man was in a symphony. Okay, <laughs> let Brian be Brian. Um, but yeah, Justin was moved by the experience, and so he's listening to the music and just kind of reliving it. 
And then Brian approaches him, wrapping his arms around him, and whispers in his ear, are you up for another birthday treat? And Justin's reaction is so pure and precious. And he's like, I knew it all this time. You were pretending you didn't do anything for me, but I know that I knew that you would. I knew you did. Uh, and so he's just so giddy and excited. Uh, he's squealing and jumping. And, I know. It was too cute. Yeah, it was very cute. And I think Brian is taking pleasure in seeing him be happy and giddy. Like, he's glad that he's like, you know, maybe I did do the right thing here. <laughs> well, the gift turns out to be a hustler. Hell no. And I think in Brian's mind, he's like, nailed it. <laughs> but No, uh, Justin should have walked one, away. This one, unfortunately, is a, a swing and a miss. Yeah, 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 and no. Okay, no, any y'all can have that any other damn day. Yeah. Why would you bring that to me on my birthday? Justin could have pulled that on his own, you know? Yeah, yeah, and... You know, Justin's clearly disappointed, and I don't. it's not at all because he's no longer into tricking. I mean, the, them telling him that the violin player was hot is what got him to go to the recital, so it's got nothing to do with that. But I think he wanted something that was more thoughtful in the way that he, Justin, interprets that word. Right, right. Um, but, okay, so with Brian, in the last episode, after he had that very unhelpful conversation with Ben about like creativity and intimacy and all this stuff when he poked at all of Brian's sensitive spots. Uh, Brian brought home two tricks to spice things up with him and Justin because he didn't want Justin to get bored with him. Right. Not really their sex life, but just being with him. He wanted mm-hmm. to kind of reestablish the importance of their, and the specialness of that thing that's between them. And so his way of trying to accomplish that was to bring the two guys from Babylon. And then here he felt like, okay, maybe I should do something to celebrate Justin's birthday. So he arranged a gift for him. So I really think in Brian's mind, he thinks that he's on the right track. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, no. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> you can literally see the disappointment and the hurt in his yeah, boy's luckily eyes. Luckily, his back was to Brian. But yeah, it was clear he was not. Yeah. I was like, walk away. You know what I'm saying? Don't even pull the bow. Well, well actually, I'm glad he pulled the bow. I mean, I'm I think that, he, that Justin got Brian's money's worth from <laughs> this little gift because that's a polite and proper thing to do. And anything else would have been uncivilized. Yeah, it, girl, you know, you should, <laughs> the way that thing was sitting up in there, it would have been uncivilized, girl. That man was delish. But I will say this. If Brian had him first, then no thanks. Like, I don't I want know. your seconds. That's my birthday surprise. And also, we don't know if Brian had him first or not because Brian was just chilling there putting stools together. This man was laid up on the bed. He was waiting. You don't even know what time Justin's coming back. He was just waiting. <laughs> Laid up. Yeah. No, Brian had him. That's why the bow was already half <laughs> half untied. Uh, yeah, because to me that means you already had him here, and I just got back home before you ushered him out the door. Yep. But. Somebody, your gift is over here in another room. Close your eyes. I don't need to close my eyes. I can smell it with the cheap cologne. <laughs> but yeah, Justin goes along with it because again, this is him kowtowing to to Brian. You know what he thinks Brian wants from him or expects from him. Um. But Brian's face as he's watching them, it's almost like he's thinking, I hope I got this right. I hope this was the right move. And I don't know. It's sad, it's sad that he can think like that. You know, it's sad that you're thinking like, oh, I know him better than anyone. I'm going to go get him some dick. No, no. Yeah. Please don't. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give him points for trying, but this just... Did not land. Yeah, I'll I'll give him a point. (laughs) A. Uh, So Michael and Ted show up for Ben's surprise party. 
at Ben's house and Emmett is in full and beautiful costume. He went all out for this. Of course he did. It's Emmett. Exactly. From yeah. the walk, I mean, to the accent, the, the body language. I mean, he went all out. Yeah. Uh, there's a knock on the door and Uncle Vic arrived on time and he bought a he brought a friend with him. And it turns out Rosie had to cancel their plan. <laughs> and Debbie was free all of a sudden so she could come come uh, with them and she basically tells Michael, as long as he's good to you, then the least I can do is show up and say happy birthday. That made my night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Melanie and Lindsay are there, and they are chatting with Luke. They're telling him how much Ted adores him and talks about him. And they're like, oh, you must be so great because if you can put up with what he does. You're so open-minded about Ted's porn site. Girl, the the girls are messy they as hell. They I mean, they just got their relationship yeah. kind of together. And, and now you, they've got advice for everybody. Everybody. And you just met this guy. Like, damn, how you even how you even know Ted even told him yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe he told him a little bit. You going deep. For one, you telling him the things he's disclosing to you, which I know you're trying to build up your friend or whatever the case, but damn, you kind of made him sound hella thirsty. Yeah. And then two, you just told all his business about his job. And the way you described it, you know, like you, it wasn't in the best light. It's like the guy was going to have to fight for Ted's attention. Yeah, because they were made it. See- I mean, well, even Emmett comes over because he saw some tea being spilled, and he was yeah. like, mm, "Girl, they, they dropped the tea. Be. They didn't yeah. spill shit. It was all over the floor." Uh, yeah, but so he goes over and bless his southern heart. He doesn't help anything either, and he's like, "Oh yeah, his whole life is porn. I mean, he eats, sleeps, and drinks porn. I mean, it's twenty four seven thing." And Excuse all of them because there's more to Ted than that. Now, porn does take up a very significant portion of the pie chart. There are a few <laughs> slippers of other things. Yes, absolutely. But he still has more to him than that. Yeah. Okay? They gave him no credit. Yeah, there's something interesting that goes on in this episode. So there are a lot of like assumptions being made about how people must be based on how they react to things. It's like, like, you have Michael saying, oh, Paul must be perfect because Ben forgave him for infecting him. And then Melanie and Lindsay, Luke must be great because he can put up with Ted in his porn site. And it's just kind of interesting the, what, what they're doing, like projecting things mm-hmm. onto people in this episode. Um, but Ted comes over to offer Luke some sake and Luke says he doesn't drink. And then after what the girls have been telling telling Luke and then just adding this part, it just... It makes things look worse than they are. Yeah. <laughs> Ted looks like this completely just depraved soul. So Michael <laughs> thinks that Ben is on the way. So he tells everyone to get to their places uh, because the guest of honor has arrived. But nope, it is Brian and Justin. And they were late because Brian says they were having their own celebration. And when he says that, Justin's face is like, sure, let's call it that. Right. I mean, I feel it's a little messed up that you breaking his board at somebody else's birthday party. Yeah. Y'all should be on some fancy <laughs> dinner doing something. Boy, you are yeah, the rich. The only thing that you did with him today was take him to Ben's surprise birthday party for your best friend, Michael. Yeah, exactly. The one you threw a party for last year. But you, bring in, you brought him some ass, and then you're taking him to somebody else's birthday party that's on his day. Like, yeah. Mm-mm. It's just, yeah. But the girls don't know the whole story, and so they are initially very happy. They're like, oh, you did something after all. That's so great, Brian. And Justin says, well, he got me a hustler. And then now they're not smiling so much. Well, they shouldn't. I mean, they. well, I don't know why they're not, because it's Brian. Like, I mean, did you expect something else? Yeah. Really, I think in Brian's 
mind, I think he sincerely thinks that was a good gift for right. Justin. I agree. It, uh, surely he knows that wasn't the best gift, but I think he thinks, oh, that was a valid, yeah, and, <laughs> valid and, gift. And he would think, uh, and you know, I don't. I wonder if Brian got to experience some of that with him because he didn't. So maybe if if he did, if, if Brian went in and they did a threesome, then that was selfish because he didn't get that for Justin. He got it for himself. It seems like he stood off. Oh, well, I hope so. But um, yeah, but if he participated anyway, then yeah, if he participated, I just feel like that's what I'm saying. If the guy was seconds. And if Brian participated, yeah, yeah. that valid avoids uh, the whole exactly avoids the whole deal. Yeah, the girls are not amused. They want to get into it with Justin, but uh, this time the real guest of honor has arrived, so they don't have time for that. Ben walks in and he is super surprised, but also super not into it. Girl, <laughs> he's very upset. I was too through. This man acted a straight ass. Okay, yeah. like, like I mean, what well, for one was that Paul sitting in the audience? Yes, Paul was at the party. Okay, Michael is out of his mind. Yeah, well, and surprise parties are very tricky That and very risky. I mean, as the surprise E and the surprise are, like, very risky. Yeah. So, and I really don't know if they're at that point in their relationship to be doing that. <laughs> right. I mean, because Ben straight up said he wanted low-key something with Michael. Hey, you come to the house. And there are some people... And everybody's different. There's some people, if they would have shown up, now true, we find out more later, but if they would have shown up and this happened, even if nothing else happened in life, they still would have been upset because they said, I told you I did not want this. Right. But I just think the way he he reacted in front of everyone, like Michael went through a lot of trouble. And this man threw a whole temper tantrum. Like, I mean, he threw a fit and he kicked everyone out. He he was speaking. It wasn't like, Michael, let me talk to you outside for a minute. Exactly. It was like right in the middle of of the party. And Debbie was there, you know, everybody was there. Debbie was there. They're all trying to celebrate your life, you know, because Michael loves you and it's your birthday. They want to bring, they want to bring in, you know, and celebrate with you. And you come to the door, through the door, like a raging bull and you go crazy. And like, I want everyone out of my house in five minutes, you mm-hmm. know, get out. All my friends. He even shaded them. He was like, all your friends are here. He, he was scoffed at them. Yeah. yeah. And he was yeah, like, right. friends? Yeah. Like, Looking these aren't my friends. At Paul. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, my thing is like, do not embarrass me in front of my friends and yeah. my family. Mm-hmm. Like, pull me into the hall. Pull do me not to embarrass the me hall. or yourself in front of my friends and family. I'm happy for Michael though. Michael held himself very well because I yeah, would have, yeah, girl, I would have returned it back to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, a couple things. Cause, so Ben does ask, well, how did you get all of their their information to invite my friends and he tells them all I had your palm pilot. Well, at this point, Michael has had it for days and that might have been a little extreme. Michael. And he should have gave it back. I mean, bro, yeah. all you need to do is copy the damn numbers. Call them in one day. Right. Call them in one day and then put the phone under get the it bed. Overnight, get yeah. it overnight and then put it back in the morning. Yeah. All you do I mean, is you like, keep it for days. You do not. I mean, oh, this man, how you know he wasn't going to go out and spend another hundreds of thousands of dollars <laughs> yeah. on his damn phone? You well, know? it's clear he lives by it. I mean, I remember... It was Paul a day planner. So he said, like, hey, I don't, I'm not really sure what time I'll be home because I don't have my Palm Pilot, but I think it's this time. So I get that Michael was trying to do a good thing, but I don't know. Both Michael and Brian are just on the wrong side of right with their gestures <laughs> toward their significant right, right. episode. But I like, that, I like that Michael went above and beyond. Yeah. I mean, planning out a party like this size is difficult, you know? 
Uh, but yeah, Ben is basically like, y'all ain't got to go home, but you got to get the heck up out of here. Yeah. And that does not help his case with Debbie because she gathers her belongings and Quick. says, and this is the guy who's good for my son. In that now, moment, I agree with her. Debbie. <laughs> but uh, in that moment, yeah. Yeah, in that moment, I agreed with her. But mm-hmm. like you said, later on, we find out something. We find out why. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. All she needed to see was him act up like that. She mm-hmm. she was waiting for that one blow up, that one moment to say, I told you so. I knew yeah, I was right. Was this is why I didn't that, like I him. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, Ben should have pulled him into the hallway and had a little discussion with him, but that didn't happen. So instead, we get Michael storming down the streets with Brian barely trying to keep up behind him. And he's listening, but he's not coming to Michael's defense and he's not jumping all over Ben, which. We would kind of almost expect him to do because Michael's his best friend and he always defends him. But this tells you that Brian doesn't necessarily agree with what Michael is saying. Uh, Michael is clearly embarrassed and upset. And he had been up on a pedestal and Ben came crashing down in very glorious fashion. Mm -hmm. Um, And Michael's like, okay, well, what did I do? What did I do besides throw him a party? And initially Brian doesn't want to respond. But then... Michael presses him to, and he says, you want too much. You expect too much. And when your hero disappoints you, your poor heart gets crushed, which is... Do you believe that? In some ways, because what Michael said before that, he didn't see Ben as, sounds crazy, but he didn't see him as human. He did think he was this perfect person and above all the baggage that other humans carry. And he had no issues and no hangups. And so Brian's saying, well, now that you've met the real guy... Now your heart's crushed. You know, now- no, hell no. <laughs> My thing is, how do you want too much? Okay, like, he don't want too much and expect too much. I don't think Michael expects enough. Michael has been chasing your dog ass for all these damn years. He doesn't want too much at all. He just wants someone to treat him right and love him. What Ben did was unacceptable. Yes, he could have said, Michael, I simply told you I wanted something simple. You did this too much. I am not here for this. I'm not having a good day. Put me to the side and tell me all that. But what he did was unacceptable. So, um, yeah, my feelings would be crushed. Not because I put him up on this pedestal like he was perfect and untouchable, but he embarrassed me in front of everyone. Even my mother, who didn't even like your ass, came here. You know, she came here to celebrate you, and then she saw how you treated me and them. Mm-hmm. Not only did you treat me bad, you treated the guests bad. So, I mean... Yeah, well, so, going back to your question, so... Brian says, you want too much, you expect too much. Michael says, well, what's the alternative to expect nothing and want nothing like you? Mm. And I think that is, like, that's kind of a key issue. You know, those are two polar opposite perspectives. And neither extreme is healthy, probably. Right. Uh, It shouldn't be that you have people up on this unrealistic pedestal and you have these unrealistic expectations for people. But I don't necessarily think it's, think it's healthy to expect nothing from anyone now true you can say well if i never expect them to do anything i can't ever be disappointed right but then you never fully give yourself to a Mm-mm. friendship or a relationship Mm-mm. so i think both of them have their drawbacks both perspectives have their drawbacks um so ted is at his studio and he's very much in his element uh things are going well you know all his little people are performing well and Luke shows up, and that, I can already tell you, is not a good idea because there are men who are half <laughs> and three-quarters naked everywhere uh, in various stages of activity. All you hear is just sounds, girl. Yeah, they getting it on. Yeah, and I think it's just, it to 
to know that it happens is one thing, but to actually be in the place that it happens and to see Ted and to see all the people and to hear all the sounds, I think it's just too much for Luke to take. But And also, he saw how happy Ted was at work, you know? Right, yeah. Like, I mean, like, Ted was in his element. That's what he did. That's what he does. Mm -hmm. And he's good at it. He enjoyed it. He knew he was making some money. He liked what he did. It was his company. It was running smooth. He he started off with one person. Now he has multiple um, people Mm -hmm. working for him. So, I mean, he's thriving right now. He's on it. Yeah. And so, Luke, while he's there, he's like, you know, I, I thought I could do this, but I can't. And so, he came to tell Ted that he thinks that they're moving too fast. Uh, he said it's he tried, too late for that. Yeah, he said he tried to tell himself it was just a job, but he can't get past it. Well, Ted offers to give it all up, which he would definitely regret if he did that. And Luke says, you shouldn't have to give up doing what you love. It's not your problem, it's mine. And I do like appreciate his honesty there, saying, hey, you can live your life how you want to live your life, but that doesn't jive with how I want to live mine. Right. And so, unfortunately, that's going to cost them the relationship. And Ted has no choice but to... Accept it, but he's definitely hurt. Girl, those shirts we made was perfect. Yeah, poor Ted. Poor Ted. I mean, this man cannot catch a break. You know, I sometimes think Ted is like love blindness. Like yeah. He goes into things too quickly sometimes, or he gives too much of it. I mean, I don't want to say you shouldn't take a risk or take a chance on love, but I'm like, sometimes he's willing to lose who he is, as opposed to Brian, who can sometimes be completely unwilling to lose anything about who he is. Uh, Ted is too quick to do it sometimes. Right, but it just shows how passionate he is about being in or love. Or how desperate he is oh, for love. True, 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 true. Well, also, like we said, I mean, everyone he's ever had has been bad for him. Um, Blake did not work out, you know, at all. Like, Michael I mean, was just a bad bet for Yeah, because Michael wasn't interested in him. Not anyway. interested in him at all. And now he didn't found this Mr. Nice Guy who sounds perfect. And it's ending because of something that he loves to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was willing to give it up. I think he would have been miserable, but I just feel bad for him. I don't care if he is desperate. That just shows me that, I mean, he has never given up on love, although love has never been fair to him. Yeah. Uh, so Melanie, Lindsay, and Brian are out buying lumber for Lita. And I don't know what, why Brian is there with them, but I guess he just couldn't pass up an opportunity to harass them about this Lita situation <laughs> in their failed renovation attempt. Oh, Lord. Uh, but he suggests that they hire a professional next time so they don't have to be the, the gophers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melanie says, well, you know all about hiring professionals. Oh. Uh, well, Lindsay forgot her credit card inside. Sure, she accidentally forgot it. And Melanie sees her opening and she goes in for it. She says, I hear you finally broke down and got Justin something for his birthday. Uh, a hustler. And he says, yeah, he really got off on it. Melanie says, that's just what he needs to get laid. And Brian says, well, I didn't hear him complaining. And Melanie says, of course not. He wouldn't dare. Uh, and Brian's like, okay, so what's your issue? <laughs> Why are you complaining about it? <laughs> and um, Melanie says, well, I'm not in love with you. It's basically like, I don't mind telling you the truth. Facts. Yeah. And then she says, you might have given him something a little more thoughtful. Uh and Brian's not really trying to hear that. And she says, I'm just trying to tell you what he wants. And Brian says, well, what does he want? And she says something romantic. And I don't necessarily know that that's true. But here's the thing. A lot of people hear the word romantic and they think candlelit dinners and walks on the beach. And that's not necessarily what romance is. Justin's, I think, is just time, you know? Yeah, it's whatever it is that makes that person feel seen and valued and significant. Yep. It doesn't have to be those traditional Mm-mm. gestures. Because they're not traditional anyway. I just think he wants to know that Brian took some time and thought 
to do something for me, something that was special to me, mm-hmm. you know, or for me. And that Brian wanted to do yeah, it. Like, wanted. I don't think he wants Brian to feel like he has to do it, but he wants Brian to want to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to make something clear. The reason I think think Brian's choice was well-intended, but not the best, is not for the reason that Melanie gives. I think the best thing would have been to suggest, how about you ask him and make sure he knows that he can give you an honest answer. Like, ask Justin what he wants. Right. Uh, but I do think she's coming from a good place. Um, so Brian's like, well, what, should I buy him roses? He's not my wife. We're not married. We're not straight. And it's like, oh, Brian, sometimes you're very narrow-minded <laughs> in your in your views. But um, anyway, Melanie says, hey, you need you should be willing to bend your holier-than-thou I'm gay principles just once and let him know you care. And Brian says, well, I thought he did. And so in his own way, I think he – and Brian has grown a lot since season one – in terms of things regarding Justin, but so I think in his mind, he's like, okay, I thought I was. Doing yeah, like that. I have grown, but which he has. Yeah, he has. But sometimes you can be communicating in a language that the other person doesn't understand. Right. I think that's some of what's going on. True. Here. Uh, but that is the key issue. It's not about hustlers and flowers and what romance has to look like, but it's about finding a way to tell your person that you <laughs> that you care. Finding a way to show them that you that you care. Um, and yeah, Brian thinks he's been doing that. But Brian's comments in this episode suggest that he either thinks or at least hopes that things are fine. Not perfect, but fine right. between them. Uh, but then Lindsay comes out after uh, allowing that time for Melanie to strategically corner Brian. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and they're off. But again, they've given Brian something to revisit and to think about. And so the girls are pushy sometimes. And... Some of the things that they suggest might not necessarily fit Brian or Justin well, but... It's food for thought, though. Yeah, yeah. To make him think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They mean well. Uh, So then Justin is on campus, and he swings by the music building, and he hears a violin playing, and chances that it could be Ethan. So he goes in to say, hey. And Ethan says, well, maybe things will warm up now that you're here. Ah. He offers him some tea. Smooth. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Justin says, I would like to say thank you for the CD. And uh, he says, you're really good. And Ethan is very sure of himself. This is like, yeah. I know. <laughs> but I think it was a joke. You know, like, I mean, he knows he's good, but I think that that's, that's part of his um uh, part of his personality. Because he's low-key like a Brian, but with a sweeter side. Maybe without all of... Some, some baggage and trauma, right. you know, mm-hmm. that allows He hasn't made it there yet. He's still young. Yeah, he is still young. And, I mean, Justin said he's been training with this, like, master since he was four years old. So, of course, he's confident in his skills and abilities. And so, Ethan says, well, you know, how how the birthday wrap-up? Did you have a big party? And he says, no, my boyfriend doesn't believe in you know, celebrating birthdays. And Ethan says, well, it sucks that you have a boyfriend, because if I were your boyfriend, I'd give you a birthday you wouldn't forget. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, he would bring him breakfast in bed. He would play for him. A song that um, is noble and sentimental. That's mm. how he sees Justin. Brian better get it together. He's going to lose his <laughs> man. This boy come with all, all the works, okay? I mean, he is saying all the things to make the boy's ears single. Yeah, so. and he doesn't even know him. Yeah. Um, 
But Justin has to head to class. And so Ethan goes back to playing and there's this metronome and it's just like, time is ticking. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Tick, 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 tick. So Ben comes to Michael's apartment, hat in hand, to find Michael uh, because Michael's been missing for the past few nights. And Michael starts going in on him. He's like, you embarrassed me. You embarrassed yourself. How dare you do that? That was inappropriate, uncalled for. And Ben interrupts to say, my my CISO count is down. My viral load is up. And he says that he was at the doctor's office before he showed up for the birthday party. And that's why he was in such a bad mood right. when he got there. Now that we know the full story, you know, now I understand why he came in. If I got some terrible news like that, I would be pissed too. I would be extremely upset that I have to see these people. I didn't. I, I don't want a party. I'm not happy. I'm not right. in a good mood. I just found out none of the um the cocktail drugs they're giving me are working. Mm-hmm. We've already switched out. You know all the different type of medicines. Yeah, so what he said. Yeah. It's like there's no hope for me. You telling me that I'm going to be sick, and if my viral, if my T cell count drops any lower, I have no help. My body doesn't have any help to fight this. The yeah. medicine isn't working. So you telling me that I am going to go into full blown yeah. AIDS? I wasn't. In the mood for a geisha-themed party. No, like, I'm not here for it. well, and here's the other part of it. Ben is a very regimented person. He knew that he had that doctor's appointment before he was going to show up at the- He told Michael about the doctor's appointment. before he was going to show up for the um, the the party. And so he knew there's, there's a chance I could get good news or bad news. And so he wanted to just spin that with just- Michael. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I mean by like, it's kind of tricky, you know, doing a whole surprise party. Right, and right. Maybe you should go with the thing that the person said <laughs> the thing that they wanted. I don't know. But so Ben's kind of panicking. I mean, he even lights a cigarette and Michael's like, when did you start smoking? But in all of this, what Ben says is kind of upset when he says it, but he's like, I'm not perfect. And so it, it's almost like he feels like Michael is placing that Mike, pressure yeah, on him. Yeah, had placed that pressure on him. And you can say, well, Ben presented it that way because he made it look like he's so zen and he's forgiven everybody and all this. Stuff. It becomes very clear he has not forgiven Paul. Mm. I mean, it was clear the night he was... He saw him. <laughs> yeah, when he saw him at the party. Um, and he says, you know, I've been doing all this stuff, trying to move on with my life and trying to find some inner peace, but it's all just BS. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of where Ben's at. And so... He's like, I have no excuse for my behavior. And Michael says, oh, no, you do have one. You're human. Mm-hmm. And so n- now he sees the the real Ben and he's not turned, to, he's not put off by him. Yeah, no. At first, Michael probably felt like he was untouchable. Like, there's no way I can even match Ben. You know, he's so perfect. He's godlike. He's a saint. But, you know, Ben had a, a real moment. Mm-hmm. He had a real moment. And, I mean, it was deep for Michael. And it, it brought them back together. Him, you know, being open and honest and sharing that moment with Michael. I mean, it, it started off rocky from, you know, the birthday party. But once Ben came clean and told him what he was going through, it allowed Michael to come in and save the day and save him. Let him know, like, hey, I'm here for you. You are human. Yeah. You know? It kind of leveled the playing field. It did. Them. That's what it did. Mm-hmm. It leveled the playing field. Yeah. Back at the loft, Justin is looking through pages of um, his drawings for, for Rage and at the bottom of the stack, he gets to Ethan's CD. And so before we talk about that, so I think the bashing adds a different layer to their relationship because it's almost like, I feel like there there could, I'm not saying that there are, but there could be a lot of things tied up into that. There could be like 
Well, I have to stay with Brian because he saved my life. And mm-hmm. I'm always going to be that Justin, the Justin associated with the bashing with, with Brian. And right. we're, we're even solidifying that and putting it, we're going to mass produce it. So everybody's going to know that story. And so that's who I'm going to be. And that's, you know, and so I feel like it just, it colors things in a weird way in their relationship. It, it definitely brought them closer in some ways, but then there's some other things that, Maybe aren't so great. Anyway, but uh, so he plays the CD for the seventh time because he had played it six times already. <laughs> and uh, he's just He's moving. dancing. Just, he's in a chair and yeah. it seems like he's doing like a waltz or something. But my thing is you're playing that music again. I feel like that's on your mind. You know, yeah, this man. definitely got some things yeah, on his mind. This man has told you that if you were my man, I would have cooked you breakfast. I would have played you a song. And then I would have gave you the best sex of your life, you know? Like, I mean, so I'm thinking, this, y'all are both young, you know what you want, and you're settling for something that you don't get, you know? Like, you better watch out, Brian, you're going to lose your man. I thought you were going to lose him this episode. <laughs> I kept saying it. Yeah. But he he, he didn't. But. Well, I think def- Brian, Justin's definitely at a place where he's just kind of looking at, at things. and right. Whereas maybe before he wouldn't, he wouldn't look and see, okay, what is collecting and what dust is collecting in this corner or what thing is over here that I'm trying to hide or not pay attention to. And so I think he's starting to, we even got hints of that in the last episode and, and some before that, but he's definitely starting to do that. Mm-hmm. The things that he ignored before about himself and their relationship and what he wants and what he's getting. I think he's like, mm, maybe I should talk about revisiting. Right. Maybe I should revisit some of that stuff. Uh, then we get to, I like to call this flower gate. We see <laughs> Brian and he's headed home and he passes a street vendor who is selling roses and Brian has a dozen in his hand. He is considering them and he's thinking through it and the vendor cuts in and interrupts him and he's like, those are nice. I'm going to wrap them up for you. And Brian's just kind of thinking about it. Well, he says, no, thank you. He puts them back. He doesn't get them. And I know some people, people are kind of split on this issue. There are some people who say he should have bought them. And some people who say, no, stick to who you are. You don't have to change. You don't have to compromise. Um, Stop making it about Brian. (laughs) It's about Justin. You don't have to compromise. Bro, do something nice. The same way you was begging this boy to work in a club, you want to give him all this money to make him go to school. You can't buy no damn flowers on his yeah. birthday. Like, get the hell up out of here. Yeah, well, and to me, for me, it's not even about the flowers. It's no, like, just, I don't care what you did, but clearly he was looking for some kind of reassurance. Yes. So it didn't have to be flowers like everybody else said, like people would expect. You know, there was the one episode where when Dr. David Cameron was still in the picture and then they said, oh, that's how that's a sign of like the relationship becoming very real when they buy you flowers. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, that might have been, you know, playing in the back of his mind. So it didn't have to be flowers. It could have been... It's anything. Anything. I mean, he could have, hey, let's order some Chinese food and sit down and watch a movie or whatever would have worked for Justin to... He, as long as he had his man and, and some alone time, he would been I good. And I get it. It's like, no, Brian doesn't have to do anything. But if you want to be in a relationship with the person, I feel like you got to find a way to be in a relationship with the person. It sure does. I mean... The only way it's going to work. I mean, come yeah. on now. I was, yeah. And so I, I hear all the arguments against, and I'm not saying that one gesture would have saved, would have saved the day or, you know, saved the episode or whatever. But, um, I just, yeah, 
<laughs> no, I, I agree. I don't think it would have saved the day, but it, it would have reassured Justin, like, hey, you do care for me. And you did listen to me or whoever well, else was telling you. And Justin might have just laughed about it because Justin's allergic to flowers anyway. Right. And so uh, he might would have just like laughed it off like, oh, Brian, thank you for trying. But, but he would have seen what Brian was trying to accomplish. I don't think I don't think at any point in this episode was Justin saying Brian better show up here with flowers. Like, right. It's not even about that. But that was just kind of a visual representation of Brian saying, am I going to bend on this? Am I going to compromise? Am I going to change my stance on this? Or am I not going to? Is Justin just going to have to put up with and accept right. this is who I am? This is what it's like to, this is what it means to be in relationship with me. And um, yeah, <laughs> but there's a quote and I'm going to, next time I'm going to have it so I can quote it correctly. But I'm going to summarize it here. And it's Gail Harold, and he's speaking about Brian, and he says, you know, I understand that Brian is this man who's about his code and his his motto, uh, but sometimes it's like you will hold on to that at what expense, you know? Um, and so I think that's appropriate for this, for Flower Gate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this episode was a lot. It was all over the place with, the, with my emotions for, for Justin, for Michael, for everyone, so... To it because things are just getting sticky and getting difficult, and because they've been together for a lot longer, and the things that worked in the first month or the first six months don't I mean, necessarily work, work now. anymore. Mm. And so, yeah, switch it's it up. interesting. Different tactics. Come on, switch it up. Yeah. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode, and um, let us know what you think. Let us know um, what do you feel Brian should have done. Should he have done something special for Justin on his birthday? Or did he do the right thing and just stick to his own guns that he normally does? You know? What are your thoughts on Flower Gate? Yes, please <laughs> let us know. Y'all know how to reach us and hit us up. Well, until next time, guys, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.